This is Twisty Chris, and welcome to the Stream Coach Podcast, the show that helps you step up your game as a professional live streamer. And now here's your host. She has a two-year-old Cavalier King Charles Spaniel named Theo, Ashney Christ. Hello, streamers. Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. A little bit of news for you real quick before we get into this week's episode. TwitchCon is coming up really fast. Make sure that you all get your tickets and book everything. If you haven't booked anything yet, it is coming up real quick. So make sure you do that so that we can hang out and you can come and see me and we can talk about the podcast or the YouTube or the streams. Okay, I'm so excited to meet all of you. This week's episode is going to make fans of the Stream Key podcast really happy. In this episode, we talk to Green Cord, who is the community media and marketing manager for True Gaming. If you haven't heard of True before, it's actually a community of streamers who are all helping each other achieve their goals. I love them so much because they're really welcoming and they're really helpful and they're just so supportive of each other, which you're going to hear a lot of that in this episode. So let's just jump right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. Today with me, I have Ben, also known as Green Cord, who is the host of the Stream Key Podcast, which is another Twitch podcast. So this is very, very cool crossover event, the crossover event of the century, I would say. Yes. <laughs> He's also the community marketing and media manager for True Gaming. How's it going, Ben? Uh, it's going really well. Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on the other side of this situation. <laughs> this is going right. to be super fun. So let's start at the very beginning of your story and kind of set up some context for who you are. How did you find Twitch and True Gaming? Sure, yeah. So I found Twitch. I don't know the exact year. I want to say like 2013. I found it through League of Legends uh, when they started all their championship stuff. Because uh, that was one of the big things on Twitch when it launched. So I watched that with my brother for a couple of years. Um, about 2015 is when I actually started streaming myself. And the reason I got into it actually is because I had a job where I would just sit at a desk for hours and hours, like probably many people here do. And I just wanted to play games. My friends were at home playing games while I was working. So I had a friend try and uh, I tried to get my friend to stream because I couldn't. And it got to the point where I was so obsessed with it that I was like trying to control his stream. And he didn't even care about it as much on his end. I just really wanted, I love streaming, but I couldn't do it. So I did it through him vicariously. Um, eventually did get my own rig and streamed for a little bit in 2015. And then ever since joining True Gaming, uh, I've taken sort of a back seat with Twitch, uh, more so to help with strategy for True Gaming and other streamers in True Gaming. But I haven't been part of Twitch since about 2015 actively. So That's amazing. You've been around for a while then. Yeah, um, on Twitch, relatively a while. I had a few different channels because back in the day, you couldn't change your name. Uh, so I had to make new channels when that happened. And that was, looking back, that was not a great decision, but uh, I've been around for uh, a minute now. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. What kinds of things, I'm curious, were you trying to control about your friend's stream? <laughs> so basically, he just wanted to play games, right? He didn't really care too much about streaming, but I was like, hey... You know, if you go out there, if you stream, I can watch him at work. And so I would do that every day. And every day I'd come up with an idea like, hey, you should add this. You should add a graphic on there. You should, you know, I'll make you some panels or something. You can use those. You should try talking more. Like, I, he doesn't even care as much as he just wants to play the game, but I'm trying to like take over 
and I can't stream. That's the closest thing I can get to it. So, because uh, I had like a MacBook Pro at the time, and that's just impossible. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You have like a very natural just drive to improve streams. It seems like that's yes, so cool. I'll, yeah, it's really fun. So let's talk about true gaming. What the heck is true gaming? And <laughs> that is uh, the question. Yeah. What do you, what do you do for them? Okay, so two two questions there. The first one: What is true gaming? Um, True Games is a lot of things now. It's, it's kind of changed and morphed and expanded over the past two years. Uh, it started two years ago as a game and voice server hosting company. That's primarily what it was, and it continues to be. Um, but then when we launched shortly after that uh, was kind of when Discord first came onto the scene and got really big. So we decided to launch a Discord, even though our business model was hosting servers for things like TeamSpeak and Ventrilo. Uh, I just love Discord, so we decided to launch it, and uh, the Discord just blew up organically. Like, this was back in the time where you didn't even really have to do much with the Discord. If you had one, people were just interested in them. So our Discord got really big, and suddenly this whole community of people who were interested in gaming, but mostly streaming. Like, I would say 80% of the people in the Discord at that time were streamers and continued to be streamers. So over the past two years, uh, it's been a process of trying to figure out how can we do something with that side of the community that doesn't care about Minecraft servers, but is obsessed with Twitch because the people are there just to find something to give them. Um, and so recently we launched True Streaming, which is kind of an expansion of True Gaming, uh, really focused on stream coaching, kind of like what you do, but more of being a platform. Uh, and we'll probably get into that a little bit more later in the show. But really, uh, when most people think of True Gaming, it's the community aspect of Discord and Twitch. Uh, just being a big public gaming community or the server hosting stuff, which eventually will just be changing to true hosting because, as you can see, it gets kind of confusing. But that's like the rough and dirty of what true gaming is. Uh, as far as what I do for them, so I am the marketing media community manager for them and sort of sponsorship director too. So it's a, it's a small startup company, and a lot of us just do everything. So I kind of do anything related to media. I'm the director of that. Uh, a few people under me working on graphics, and then we have a full-time in-house streamer who uh, also I help manage. So hopefully that answers all your questions there. That's the long end of uh, all we do here at True Gaming. Yeah, absolutely. So do you all actually have like a like a brick-and-mortar office that yes. you work in? Yep, that's cool. where I am right now. Um, we just got all the walls painted actually again in this last week. But uh, yeah, there's many offices around. Uh you guys can't see, but down that way, there's two more offices where uh, our graphic guy and then our full-time streamer work. So mm, that's yeah, awesome. Real office. Yeah. So how did True Gaming really like come to be? Because I know you said that it happened right around the time when Discord got big and you kind of like went with the momentum where you had a lot of streamers. And so you decided to like create this community for them. But mm-hmm. what was what was really the first um the first iteration of true gaming, like who's behind all of this? Because whenever I first saw this come out, I was like, this seems legit, but it also seems like there is somebody that's kind of serious business behind this. I saw, um, I think podcasts like from uh, different conventions and they just, I don't, it seemed like it was set up really professionally. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us what is, what's like, let's pull back the curtain, Ben. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I joined true gaming in, 2016 as uh you know i got hired on full-time salaried worker to be the media manager for true gaming uh at the time there was 
I guess two people in the company, uh, the CEO, who is the elusive Stone Equation. He's rarely in the Discord. He's just a very busy guy, but he is uh, the big boss of True Gaming. He's the one who founded it with uh, his partner, Operations. Who he's the COO. And it started actually way back in the day. Like, I think, see, I don't even know this part because this is before I came on. But it started as like an Arma 3 community. Um, eventually, they wanted to create their own servers because they didn't like dealing with really bad server companies. So that's how True Gaming initially formed was they just wanted it to be an actual business for hosting servers. Um, and then since then, it's really changed a lot in terms of like who's been interested in the product, uh, what kind of things you offer people. So, but to answer that, Stone Equation is sort of the the guy behind all the magic, which Ben Zucker, another Ben here, um, he's the CEO of everything going on here. And so, yeah, we do go to conventions, like you said. Um, we go there and rep both the streaming side and then the hosting side of things. And a lot of times we do live shows like podcasts or live streaming from those um, conventions. So, Yeah. And you do a lot of sponsorships too. I feel like on Twitter, I always see you guys go through these phases where you announce who the new sponsored streamers are. So mm-hmm. what, what does that actually mean? Like what's, what are the benefits of a true gaming sponsorship? Sure. Yeah. So sponsorship, um, it's really been, again, a lot of this stuff was experimental in 2016 when everything just kind of took off. And, you know, we, we thought, what can we do with all this? How can we make some cool opportunities? And I just love the idea of sponsoring streamers. So we started with that with a very simple uh, version of sponsorship. Uh, ended up sponsoring six streamers on Twitch. And the, the focus of them tended to be like smaller streamers. So like, think back in the day, it was very small, like 10 concurrent viewers or something. Um, since then, it's, it's changed and morphed. But the general gist of it is having sponsorship with True Gaming is more of like a a close relationship than the traditional sponsorship. You think of a lot of sponsorships and they involve uh, very big content creators, uh, usually just slapping a logo on the content creator's work or, you know, some, whether it's a panel or an intro or whatever. Um, and usually the the person that's sponsoring the content creator is sort of just counting on feeding off that creator's audience. Would you, wouldn't you think that's usually sort of the traditional sponsorship path? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. So then this sponsorship is more of like a one-on-one give and take sponsorship. So we don't just give you a logo and then expect you to make sales for our product or whatever. We're very much involved in helping those people grow as well. Um, And so that's why we like to work with some smaller streamers. And now we are working with bigger ones nowadays, but uh, our passion is really helping smaller promising streamers um grow on twitch however or mixer or youtube um however that we can best do that so that has looked like traditional stuff which is you get free gear servers um social media shout outs uh features in discord etc but then a lot of other cool things too so we'll give you uh like event support if you have something going on we'll help you event or support that uh let me put my notes here because there's a lot of stuff the, the core of the sponsorship program is we're always changing it um, to be however we can best help those people. So it's really like you get what you make of it. Uh, we have some streamers who are very involved and talk every day in our Discord. Um, we're always in those streams or in our streams, and it's more of like a mutual growth. And then we have some streamers who are sponsored who are kind of in and out and passerbys in the Discord, uh, or we rarely see them, and that's more the traditional sponsorship with the idea there is if you want to be more involved in true gaming, you can, and we'll try our best to help you grow that more. But if you just want to be like a traditional sponsorship um, and 
that path is available to you if you want to go in that way. So, um, yeah, uh, some of the like the nitty gritty things we give sponsorships is uh, you get to be on podcasts like Stream Key, of course. Um, some other ones like True Talk, and we just launched like two new podcasts in the past week. So you get priority for that. So you get to come to events like you saw with the streams. Uh, TwitchCon, we took a couple, couple people to last year. Um, we do custom branded gear. This was before Streamlabs launched their whole thing like a month or so ago, a couple months ago. Uh, so you can have your own branded gear with stuff anywhere on the shirt. Um, so again, this stuff, it kind of changes every round, but however we can best help the streamer, we're always open to ideas and um, really trying to make sure that those people we see on Twitch we think they will be partnered one day or have the potential to really take Twitch full time in some capacity. So we're just trying to help them get there essentially. So a, a potential partner, that's, that's really interesting to me. So you guys see that potential in them, but what does that actually look like? Sure. So it's a couple of things. Um, one is that the person really wants to be a partner or wants to take Twitch full time. Like I said there, uh, if they had the choice to, they would absolutely love to make this like their full-time job, do nothing but Twitch. Um, so in that sense, they're serious. But then the other side of it is, is it realistic? Um, do they have some promising talent? Like are, A, of course, are they entertaining? That's the most important thing. Uh, but B, like are they a good person to be sponsored? Um, of course, you have to kind of vet people to see if they're a good match for the company because at the end of the day, they're still a company representative in some sense. Um, and basically just find people who maybe don't have the the time on Twitch in terms of like how long they've been on the platform or um, for whatever reason, they've got something that's blocking them from getting there. If they have the drive and the potential, then those are the people we like to work with. And that, that's so hard to define like potential because mm-hmm. you just kind of have to see it. Yeah. That makes absolutely. sense. Yeah. And I feel like it's, <laughs> it's, it can be really obvious Right. Whenever you see a streamer and you're like, oh, this person can definitely make something out of this. Uh, Mm -hmm. But there are also people that they they struggle for a long time and then they just come up and you're like, well, how did this what happened? This changed. This is crazy. So that's really interesting. My my kind of um, thought that I had whenever I see True Gaming or any other organization, right, whether that's like any other esports org or elsewhere, is that. And this is a conversation that we've actually had during our streams as well. But aligning yourself with a brand, right, has the potential to muddy your own personal brand. And whenever you are trying to build up your community as a streamer, it's so huge that you have a strong personal brand. You throw a bunch of personality and and effort and um, personal energy into this, right? So... Do you feel like when streamers align themselves with True Gaming or any other esports org that the benefits outweigh the potential muddying of that brand? Or do you believe that that like muddying even really exists? Um, so first off, I definitely think it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see this like this is a something that you see with not just esport orgs or like companies, but even small communities out there like Twitch communities. You'll see a lot of these Twitch communities um, where the emphasis is really to grow the person at the top. And yes, like they'll kind of involve all the smaller streamers below them. But at the end of the day, as the person at the top is the one that's getting the most out of it. Um, they're kind of few and far between, thankfully. And when they're around, they usually disappear pretty quickly because that just doesn't work. 
But to answer your question, yes, I think it definitely exists. Um, as far as true gaming goes, uh, like I said, the big thing for us is that you can be as involved or not involved as you want to. Uh, we have a basic requirement that you just you know stop by a Discord every once in a while. But like I said, we have some people who are in there every day, constantly just chatting for hours, um, jumping in true gaming streams, and that's totally uh, up to you if you want to do that. We have a lot of streamers who have seen success that way, and a lot of the true gaming community has become part of their core streams. But if you want to be more of that traditional streamer who, um, you know, you get a sponsorship and you just throw the panel up, uh, put your put our logo on your stream or whatever, or just shout us out or something, and then that's mostly it, that's totally fine. Uh, so the idea, you're not forced to do anything you don't want to do, and you don't have to compromise if you feel like, you know, we're not going to sit there and say, you must make X number of posts in Discord every six hours or something. Like, it's it's really designed to be um, the people that put the most into it get the most out of it. So yeah, I love that, and I agree too. I think that like you can absolutely align yourselves with specific organizations, and it doesn't necessarily have to mess with your own personal brand. Depending on what you do, and just making sure that you establish yourself aside from just the organization, right? I don't know. Right. I, I wanted to bring that up because I feel like that's such a, it's such an interesting topic and I don't hear that much conversation about it. Like it's so, it's so interesting. Yeah. I, I saw a question you, you uh, gave it to me and I, that confused me for a second because I hadn't thought about it, but it is a really good point. Um, and I think I, I'll, I'll concede that we had definitely have some streamers in true who are very known with true gaming. Um, so, but that's sort of a choice they made. And in a lot of cases, by making that choice, they still grew their stream. Um, and those people are just sort of part of, you know, they're as, as involved with true gaming as they are with this other streamer. Um, so I, I think, like you said, it's a, it's a really cool topic to talk about. Um, I, I am constantly thinking about it with true and you've really made me think about it here. Just to make sure we don't want to do that. We don't want to feel like people are locked into a brand right. um, and that they can't develop their personal brand because of that. So yeah. I, I do appreciate bringing that up, actually. Of course. Yeah. And I see this all the time with like esports organizations as well, where they are able to get streamers partnered and they can dump these like huge hosts on them. But the streamer can't normally stand alone, you know, like when mm. that host doesn't come in or if they leave that esports organization because we can't align ourselves with an organization for absolutely forever. Right. Then right. all of a sudden it's like all of their their numbers go away because they didn't focus necessarily on building a community. Right. So I think that that is the number one lesson yeah. right there. Oh, we, we found it. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I will say with that, I've, I've seen over the past just being part of Drew Gang with streamers is some people can use that as like a crutch in terms of if, you, if you're talking specifically about communities, um, you, you could theoretically be in a spot where you use like a raid or just a community as like a supplement to your own community. But it's so bad to the point where when you don't have that supplement, there's nothing left. So that is definitely something to work out or to watch out for. Uh, I don't think there's many of any streamers in True who do that, thankfully. But I've definitely seen that with other situations like esports, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's a really interesting topic. But moving yeah. on, because we definitely want to help as many streamers as we possibly can during this episode. So who is True for? Who do you think is a really good candidate to be part of your community? So the community itself um, is very inclusive. We've always been that way. 
It's really, you know, it's for both people who just play games and streamers. Like I said, uh, a huge majority is streamers on there, and we've we've tailored a lot of. Just just preface this. I'm talking about the Discord right now because that is sort of like the core, in my opinion, of what True is. Um, so the community built on Discord is really designed for streamers. But there's a lot of people who just play games as well. Um, in terms of like what kind of specific people, we really don't have like any. You know, you must be this certain type of streamer in this game or something. It's really as open as it can be. Of course, we don't tolerate trolls. Um, and since it is a company community, we have to watch out for certain things. Like if we see, we had one instance recently where someone was basically telling the story of how he intentionally got banned on something um, and like try to play it off as, well, I was just testing their terms of service and turns out they have good terms of service. I actually got banned. Um, and we kicked that person just because we can't be associated with like trying to advocate testing terms of service, whatever that means. Uh, but yeah, so basically as long as you're a decent person, you know, you're not a troll in the traditional sense, uh, you are reasonable because you also have people who just don't follow rules. I mean, I think they're in every community, but uh, in terms of who it's for, it's really for anyone who's a gamer streamer. Uh, we try to tailor a lot of stuff for streamers in particular in a way that is not, not, Okay, I should say, actually, thinking about this now, it's not for people who just want to get followers, viewers, et cetera, as fast as they can. If you're thinking of many streaming communities in that sense, it's not that. It's not follow for follow. It's not auto retweet bots. It's not auto, et cetera. It's really like we give you a platform to talk with other people, and there are a lot of people on there, but you have to put the work in if you want to grow your stream, if you're a streamer. Well, if you're a gamer, you're the person who has to create that. And uh, if you want to play games with people, you can't just expect to be able to play stuff instantly. You have to make those connections. So Yes, that's such a huge part of this. It's like, newsflash, what? Am I about to drop like the biggest <laughs> knowledge bomb ever? Uh, it takes work. <laughs> right mm-hmm. like there's no easy button there's no like i do this one trick or i make this one tweak and all of a sudden my stream takes off i see a lot of people get bogged down with uh maybe trying to like tweak up their schedule or trying to like and they focus so much on just maybe if i do one thing that will make my <laughs> community grow but it's it's such a combination of so many different things and so yeah. that, that makes me so happy that true is not just a, a free tweet yes. but oh i think and oh. he's amazed like how many people who will actually tag us on Twitter and then like get mad at us for not retweeting stuff. It's like, no one did we tell you that we're a retweet service. I don't know why you expected this. Right. So, That's terrible. That's so bad yeah. too, because uh, I could go on a soapbox about that, but I'm not. Same here. I'm yeah. Not, uh, we're going <laughs> to calm it down. So let's transition now and talk about the podcast and then we'll get into like some actual real actionable advice for people. So tell us about the podcast and what it's all about. Yeah. So the podcast, uh, stream key podcast is very similar to this one, to be honest, it is interviews with streamers about, uh, basically we go in depth on one topic each week. Uh, so for example, this week we're talking about, whether you should take streaming full-time or not, or whether it should just be a hobby, do you really need to take it full-time? So I bring on one guest who has some expertise on that. We hash that out for about 40 minutes, and then 20 minutes at the end, we do viewer Q&A. That is the Tuesday show. And then on Fridays, we do call-in shows. So for two hours, you can call in via Discord and be on the show or just submit via chat um, with whatever topic you'd like to bring up. And there's three of us on there at that time, kind of like a 
like a hotline type episode where sometimes it's not a direct question as much as like a topic and we just debate back and forth because there's no right or wrong way to do streaming really. But it's cool to get different perspectives on that. Um, and so we've been doing that for about, I think like last September actually, or maybe, maybe it's been about a year and a half now actually. But yeah, it's, it's up to 45 episodes as of yesterday. So killing it. Killing it. So if you're listening to this in podcast form right now and you have not seen the Stream Key podcast, make sure that you go over and subscribe to it on your podcast players. Where is it located? Uh, pretty much everywhere that this is located, I'm guessing. So yeah, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, uh, we're actually not on SoundCloud because I just don't want to pay for that storage fee. Same. But uh, Stitcher finally got on Anchor a little bit. I'm kind of inconsistent with that one. But uh yeah, Twitch, YouTube, everything you can think of, Pocket Casts, everything. Awesome. And if anyone in chat that is watching the live show of this wants to drop the link for the podcast, feel free to do so. Well, so. Speaking of which, I, I just want to mention that uh, Ash is going to actually be on the Stream Key podcast in a couple of weeks, too. So, again, crossover series, we're doing like a cross-pollinating thing. So you guys will be able to see her there, too. Yeah, I'm going to be on it, and it's going to be freaking amazing. It's going to be your number one episode. Are you ready? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see. Let's actually get into, like, the legit advice now. Because you've you've done a lot of Q&As, you do the call-in shows a lot where you're actually, like, answering questions. Mm -hmm. What are some of the most common questions that you get? Sure. So we get a lot of repeat questions. Um, I did dig through a little bit to find some of these. One of the biggest ones that I see a lot is choosing subscriber perks because people don't know how to, basically they don't know what to use for sub perks. And so that is a big hot topic that they're always asking, you know, what can I have as a sub perk? Uh, is this a good idea? That kind of stuff. Um, and another one that we see a lot is like, when is the right time to start? In terms of like, should I have this thing perfected? Should I have this number of social media set up? Should I have this overlay and this set up with my gear? Um, that's what I'm really passionate about personally and love to talk about. And then the last one I found that people ask a lot is sort of a surprising one, which is how to stream when you're playing with friends in voice comms. That's actually a really hot topic because a lot of new streamers experience that when they're trying to stream with someone who is not stream friendly in the chat so right or they notice that their engagement goes down during their streams because the friends that are like usually in their chat they're now playing with and so they feel like the value of their stream is completely changed and and it kind of is and they don't know how to handle it right so that's that's massive so what what would be the the solution to someone who uh isn't really sure like what social media they need to have like where should they focus if they're kind of lost like that that first issue that you stated yeah so two questions there i think so the the first question the question that we get from viewers is like when is the right time to start when am i ready to go my personal belief on that front is you're ready now just do it uh stop waiting stop making excuses yes you can always make your stream better yes you can always perfect things but having some content is having better than no content or imperfect content, if that makes sense. I'm just a really big advocate of that because that's actually kind of blocked me in the past before is letting like the fear of having everything perfect or not having everything perfect, I guess, 
stop you from making anything at all that I get passionate about. In terms of like social media themselves, uh, I think that's a separate question, but Twitter, I think, is the big one to have if you're going to start streaming. Absolutely. So. I really agree with that mindset too, right? Like I feel since this this change where I streamed for so long and, and didn't really resonate with anyone, the mindset between that person and who I am now and what I'm doing now is completely different. Like it's such a massive part of your success on Twitch and content creation and life in general, right, is the mindset that you have uh, for your your experience. Like you're going to create your reality based on your own thoughts. So I, I think that that's really awesome and very, very interesting yeah. that you're like helping people stop being paralyzed from their <laughs> their desire for perfection. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because it comes up from my own place. Um, even recently, I've felt this just you know, looking at all these other streams, because I review so many streams for sponsorship um, that sometimes I feel, or, you know, being uh, the host of a podcast, for example, like, well, do I need to be, like, this is this is an extreme example of just how idiotic or not, but like unreasonable the, the thought can be. Like, I need to be partnered before I start streaming because that's the only way I have validation as someone who hosts a podcast on how to be a good streamer. Like, that's an extreme example of how you're letting yourself make excuses for not streaming at all. Um, when you have to start sometime, so exactly, yeah. and it's it gets into a lot of people's heads too that it's like, well, who am I to do this, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, who am I to try and launch this thing or to make this? It's like you can you can literally become the person that you want through doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Imposter syndrome. I yes. talk about that a lot too. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so huge. How how would you suggest someone deals with imposter syndrome? Oh man, it is. <sighs> It's really tough. Um, I've, I've tried to help people who have felt this recently um, as coaches, for example. It's, it's really tough. I feel like you kind of, you can't teach other people how to get through it as, as hard as that sounds because it's something you have to go through yourself. Um, and I think it only comes through just getting to a point where you're just going to do it. You get over it. You realize that you've been waiting too long. Um, you realize that everyone feels this regardless of whether you are ninja or if you are, you know, Susie Two Shoes, who started yesterday, um, everyone to some extent feels like they don't belong what they're doing. So at some point, you just have to get over that and start doing it and working towards what you want to get. Yeah, I completely agree. I, from, from my experience and conversations with people, you basically reach a point where you're just tired of holding yourself back. Exactly. Right? Yep. You're like, I'm just done. Okay, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm just going to do it and see what happens. Yeah. It's like yeah, doing something can't be worse than doing nothing, right? That's how yeah, I always look at it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why should we paralyze ourselves and prevent ourselves from going after our dreams just because we think that we're not this like perfect individual that can attain that thing? Like, yes. we we need to put ourselves into the positions to to yeah YOLO and clean it up later. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> like, when is enough enough? Because you know, maybe you you get that partner badge or you get that number of followers or something. And then you feel like, well, this guy has this other thing and that that's always going to be there. So at some point you just have to do it. So yeah. I feel about it. Yeah. Cause the goalpost always moves. Yes, exactly. You don't reach you a goal. And, that next thing. Yeah. You don't reach a goal in content creation and you're like, well, that's it. Time to pack yep. it up. <laughs> like, no. We're done forever. <laughs> yeah. No, that definitely does not exist. So mm. let's, uh, let's talk about like, uh, more, more streaming advice here. Sure. So with one of those other issues that you see popping up 
really commonly. Can you let's give us the issue again and then give us like a, yeah. a solution for it? Sure. So the first one I mentioned was um, choosing subscriber perks, which I think is a good topic, uh, but it's tough to talk about on stream because for most of the channels that I've seen, I think that the the best sub perks are the ones that the streamer comes up with themselves. It's hard to like steal someone else's sub perk because then it's not yours as much. Um, and so sometimes, you know, when people ask this question, it's a lot of, well, do you have any ideas? Uh, what have you tried before? What hasn't worked? What could work? Uh, there are some things that are like blanket default stuff that you can try. Like, you know, maybe you make a sub only discord or a sub only discord channel. Uh, maybe you offer certain perks for subscribing, whether that's like a paid thing. Um, I've actually been experimenting with this myself on my own stream just because I, I think it's a really tricky question to answer. But at the end of the day, it's like you have to find something that your community really wants from you that makes subbing worthwhile, but that doesn't isolate anyone who doesn't sub at the same time. And that's a tricky line to balance, especially if you are trying to debate putting something behind a paywall or not. That gets really confusing, especially if someone who's starting out. Like, do you really want to put your four of your 10 viewers in this wall and then the other six are just left out. How do you balance that? You know? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's, I'm having like a physical, emotional reaction about how excited I am that you said that right now, because that is so huge. Like locking community behind a paywall, right? It's almost like putting on follower, putting your chat on follower only. If you're a smaller creator, it's like, why are you, why are you doing this? Oh, man. My, my biggest pet peeve is, so when I do channel reviews for sponsorship, I have to go through VODs. And I've run into these streamers who have like 100 followers and all their VODs are sub only. And I'm just like, why are you doing this? Who is watching your content? 100 viewers. Yes, oh, exactly. Oh, it's, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. And I think that it's like the, it really just goes back to mindset, I think, right? Is if you think about... My goal here as a content creator, as a streamer, is to grow a community, is to love people, is to give them as much as I can of myself and provide a space where they can feel comfortable being themselves as well. Then why would you want to lock that experience, which is the pure yeah. reason people are on Twitch or Mixer or wherever else, behind that paywall? Because there are some, there's some people that can't financially contribute, and it doesn't mean that they're any less valuable or like they don't deserve to be loved as well. Yeah, I will. I will say I totally agree with that, and I think you like your primary concern is to make everyone in your community feel valuable and not left out and welcome. Um, but there is a tricky balance because if you make everything free, then it's tough to find something that's worth subscribing or worth donating. So. And again, that's there's no right or wrong way to do that. It's really up to you. Um, I've personally been experimenting with like making a sub only Discord and trying to make it so that I can still include people who aren't in, uh, who aren't subscribed, being valuable, and feel like they're a part of the community, but still offering something unique to the subscribers. Like again, it's so tricky, which is why I'm just experimenting around with it a lot. And. I, it, some people have this problem there where they make everything, everything, everything free, everything access to everyone. And then subscribing really has no perk other than just supporting the streamer, which is fine. And that works for a lot of people. Um, but some people do want to try and find ways to make subscribing like more of a, you get a product or you get something back for that thing that you're paying for. So. Yeah, absolutely. Which there's nothing wrong with that either. Like there, there's this, 
you can incentivize people to subscribe to you, but I also think a big part of it is that people love you as a person, like more than any other content creation platform. And you might have noticed this as well. I've seen that people on Twitch, right? Viewers on Twitch, uh, streamers on Twitch really want to throw down for the people that they love and for the community aspect. Like it's, and it's so much more than YouTube or other content creation platforms. So it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. There's something like the community aspect of Twitch is just so amazing. I mean, that's what the entire platform just lives on. Um, and the live interaction, I think that's the biggest piece. Cause like you can follow someone on Twitter, you can subscribe on YouTube, et cetera. The live interaction is just so much more powerful though. Seeing the reaction of the person that you're supporting in real time. I think that's why there's so much more happening here. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, you have some love in the chat right now from angry angry said that you work your butt off and that's why everyone loves you and respects you so i want to i want to ask you this question why do you personally feel so passionate about true's mission sure yeah this is a great question um basically so i came in again to true at in 2016 uh which is before we launched basically everything everything was in beta planning uh, we launched our website officially in August, so like three months after I joined. Um, and the the server hosting stuff, that side of things, that was before my time. And that I, you know, I, I see that more of as a job because I came on to do that. That's what I'm hired for. Um, I'll push that side of the business. But the Discord, uh, the Twitch, the the true streaming stuff that's launching, that was all stuff that happened while I was here and after I got here because that's just stuff I'm super passionate about. And I kind of like infused it into the business, I think. Um, so seeing that start from day one and now two years later to see where it's gotten, it's been like, you know, I don't have my own community per se. Um, but I really see true as my own community in some sense. And I know it's shared with everyone and I've had to make some like hard choices to let people share it. Um, you know, having some great mods who are in the chat right now, really run the server. Um, of course, the other employees and things like that, but, it sort of is a little bit like my baby, I feel like, um, just seeing how far it's come over the past two years. So that's why I'm so attached to it. And uh, I try to work pretty hard to push it and make it something that's uh, has integrity and is something people want to share around. So. Yeah, you've really taken ownership of it. Yeah, I, uh, I think so. Uh, especially the stuff, again, that's since I joined here. The, the server hosting stuff, it's gaming. I'm interested in it, but it's like not my passion. Whereas Twitch, I'm just crazy about. So, oh, that's so awesome. I love it. It's it's so cool that Twitch and content creation brings together just all of these passionate people. Like, would not yes. have met otherwise at all. It's so cool. It's yeah. such a great time. Like five years ago, I think this one happened. Twitch was there, but um, the opportunities that Discord is open along with that to just create like communities that are there on or off the stream. I think it's amazing. So, yeah, I love that. Let's talk about like the actual overall community a little bit as well. So I don't know if you personally do this. So I'm, I'm interested to ask this question. I see a lot of room for potential in like different areas in the streaming community. Like I, I'm able to see holes and I'm like, oh, there'd be a great business here. A great community could do this or some person Mm. could come in and and do this thing and see a lot of success with it. Is that something that you do too? (laughs) Um, So 
this question took a bit of thinking because, so I think actually you and I both did this uh, with the podcasts and everything else that you've done with like educational streaming content. I mean, we both clearly saw there's little to no information about how to grow as a streamer out there. So why don't I do it? And that's how StreamKey started. I'm guessing that's how StreamCoach started. Um, and clearly Twitch is now seeing that too with the stuff that launched yesterday with the Creator Camp. Um, in terms of other stuff besides that one, um, surprisingly, like I actually don't think a ton about this. I, in general, I just think that like the more streamers on the platform, the better for everyone. I think there's so much room for content that hasn't been done on Twitch yet, surprisingly. I mean, people will kind of think that everything's been done that can be done on Twitch, but I think that's far from the truth. Um, I was listening to the podcast you talked about with the partner guy last week at Twitch, and he was talking about the autumn, uh, the car streams, and that just blew my mind. It's like there's something I'd never heard of before people are doing on Twitch. So um, there's like that kind of stuff. And then I think one of the biggest things that Twitch has to handle, not necessarily like a person on Twitch, I want to see them improve with video content on Twitch. Oh, that's like integrated video, or I, I just think they can do a lot more with not live video, if that makes sense. I know live video is the core of the platform, but it feels like there's just so much potential for something with VODs or actual produced quality content because like Premiere's wasn't a great solution in my opinion and they've even like phased it out of uh, viewership averages and stuff like that. So I just want to see them do something better with that. Yeah, there is a lot of potential there. So guys, be using like your tags right? Be using your tags on your uploaded videos because you never know when we're going to have like searchable content for VODs like that, like YouTube does. And did you Mm -hmm. see, Ben, that YouTube just came out with premieres as well? I did hear about that. Yeah. I actually haven't looked into like how it's been received. I haven't watched a premiere yet because I use YouTube pretty frequently, but I haven't seen it used too much. you probably know more about that than I would, to be honest. But Yeah, I thought it was really interesting because it's almost like Twitch and YouTube and the people working behind this, they know something that we don't know. Like yeah, they they see a problem that I don't I don't really see like for Twitch that, that premieres are super necessary. Maybe more on YouTube it would work, but it's interesting. Yeah, I I, I think it does have more potential on YouTube just because that is the format of the platform. That's what they do there. Um, I could see some value in it if like, I think the biggest issue is getting everyone to know about it because YouTube has been along for so long that, I mean, premieres is a very different kind of feature. Um, and there are a lot of people who just kind of wait there for a new video to come out each week at a certain time. So I could see them wanting to be a part of the premiere and like, I saw this video when it came out the first time. Like I could imagine some big YouTube creators where that would be a thing. Uh, but the biggest thing is just getting it out to people and seeing if they can actually market it first. Yeah, I'm really excited to see that future. And just for the future of of Twitch and live streaming platforms in general, too. Like, you kind of touched on it a little bit where uh, Twitch has this entire content acquisition team, right? Like, they're going Mm -hmm. out to, to successful YouTubers. They're going out to all of these other groups of people that have extremely passionate communities. And they're trying to figure out how they can translate that into live content for the Twitch platform. So, like, what the heck is going to happen in the future? There's... There's so yeah. much leveling up that can be done. There's literally any passion 
I have people coming to me all the time saying that they want to start live streaming writing content, but they're like, I don't know how to do mm. this, but I'm so passionate about writing. And I've yeah. had I've had tons of people come to me about this one thing. So the person that figures that out, like they're going to lead a huge movement, you know, yeah. and there's, there's plenty of communities like that too. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much content out there that I think like has so much more potential. Uh, so I'm a big music guy um, and there are music streams on Twitch that do very well. But even like Dead Mouse, when he's doing music streams is like relative to the rest of Twitch, decently small. I, I still think like that category has so much potential in terms of like live concerts or something or just like some big names on Twitch or something. Like, I mean, you think of Drake with being on Twitch, like imagine actually doing music stuff on Twitch and maybe how that would be received. It's just like all this crazy potential there. And that's just one example of that. So, yeah, it's massive. Ah, it's yeah. so it's so exciting for the future. Like, let's Mm-mm. all everyone that's that's listening to this on the podcast and everyone who's watching this live right now, let's think about like how we can take the things that we love that aren't necessarily on Twitch yet and how we can translate that into a live experience for people, because mm. that takes a certain level of creativity and also puts you in a position to have some amazing experiences and success because you lead a movement. Mm -hmm. And you're the first to market with unique content. That's a big, important part. Yeah, exactly. So I have one last question for you today, and I want to take this time as well to open up the Q&A portion of our stream so if you all have any questions right now feel free to throw them out into the chat we will get to it as soon as we can and while you are doing that my last question is if you had to give a streamer one piece of advice what would it be i love that you asked this because this is the exact same question i asked at the end of stream key every single episode this <laughs> so cracked me good. up so bad. that's hilarious yeah, <laughs> it is oh my gosh okay Oh, it's so hard to pick one piece of advice. Um, and so now I know how the guests feel on the other end of this. But, uh, okay, I'll, I'll give you the, the one piece of advice. I'll give two disclaimers at the end if you want the two and the three. So number one is, like I said earlier, start streaming. Don't wait. Don't make excuses. Don't wait till you're perfect. Don't wait till you've everything figured out. Just start. See if you like it. See if you're addicted to it like most of us are. Um, and that will be the catalyst for everything else. Uh, the other two pieces of that... One is to be patient. That's the biggest piece is Twitch, just like any other content platform, takes a lot of time to get to where you want to go. Um, so definitely give it that amount of time, like in a certain day, streaming for hours and hours, and then over months and years, waiting for yourself to get there. Uh, third would just be experiment, try new things, shake it up a little bit, don't do the same thing over and over. But biggest piece of advice, just start stream today. That's so good. Uh, it's so good. Way too many people get paralyzed. So I absolutely yes. love that. So feel free to yeah. throw those questions down in chat. I think I saw one that was like, if TrueFam and YamFam joined together and took over the world together and we had this like amazing <laughs> moment of world domination, what would our name be? <laughs> you mean when that happens? Because that's definitely going to happen. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Oh um, man, true, true yam or something, true, something like that. True yams. <laughs> true, yeah. Put a Y. True yam. I don't know, something like that. True yam. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So good. That's great. My entire life and career. Aw, 
Oh, don't compare yourself to others. You can't compare yourself today to someone that has been streaming yes. for years. Yeah. It's don't compare your blooper reel to someone else's highlight reel. Yeah. And right? that's, I mean, what he said there is exactly the core of why you should start today because you're always going to be comparing yourself on Twitch and always going to be looking at someone who's doing it better than you. Like, I guarantee you, Twitch is, or Ninja's doing this. At the top, the guy who is the top of Twitch is still comparing himself to other people who, they're not on Twitch or something, but they're pulling more viewers than he is. They're getting more attention than he is. It's always not going to be enough. So don't wait and just start. Yes, it's so good. And you never know. I think one of the massive problems that I've seen is that people like plan out this entire, okay, well, this is what... This is what my community name is going to be. This is when I'm going to stream. This is what content I'm going to Like, they plan out everything to this to this freaking T. And they think, like, this is going to be my value. But then they start, and they do it for a while, and nobody cares. But yeah. it's like, you don't know what people are going to care about until you just start the process. So just start, mm-hmm. and you're going to figure it out. Work on that consistency first. The quality is going to come with time. Yes. The other piece of that, too, uh, I don't remember where I heard this study or something, but... If you have a goal for yourself and you tell to everyone else that you say, hey, like, I'm going to start streaming on this day or I, I'm going to be a great streamer in this category, that actually reduces the chance that that happens because you get like a little bit of a high off of telling people that you're something. Like if you're a marathon runner, like, hey, I'm going to run a marathon in December. And then December comes around and you told everyone you're not going to run a marathon or you're going to run a marathon and you never do. So don't go telling everyone you're going to do something ahead of time. It'll actually backfire. It's so true. I've seen that too. I think that was a that was done by some like Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't remember, remember the study. It, yeah, I can't remember who it was, but yeah, it's super interesting. So it's really interesting. We have a question that was how ooh how do you build a community when you're in a community? What point can you say you're six friends and wait what? <laughs> Hang on. Catherine, can you reword this? Catherine said, I think, how do you build a community when you're in a community? What point can you say you're six friends and always come into your stream? Or do you need to have that 20 to 30 community? I'm a little confused by this question. Yeah. (laughs) I guess basically, like, when can you qualify yourself as having a community is what I'm guessing. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Yeah. Uh, If that's the question, I don't think there's a magic number. I think you can have a community of three if you want to. Uh, or 6,000. I, I want to see what her, her follow-up is to that though, before I get too into that. Mm-hmm. I agree. So. Uh, what was the, oh, Ash asked, what are some off-stream things you can do to grow your community? Like your top three suggestions. Mm-hmm. So uh, social media, I think, is the best way, of course. Twitch doesn't have great tools. I mean, they have the Twitch app, but I kind of see the Twitch app as a meme at this point. I mean, people probably use it. I just, I, I'm a big Discord fanboy. Um, I think Discord is the best way to interact with your fans if they use Discord. The biggest piece is finding out like people like their platforms that they like. Um, you know, for us, a lot of us here like Twitch, and we're going to be here on Twitch forever. Um, some people on Mixer are super attached to that one. So, a is trying to make sure you don't create friction for people to move between platforms they don't want to be on. Um, so with that qualifier, I'd say Discord is my favorite because it's just so many tools for building community, having a chat there. Um, Twitter is just, I think, essential for any good streamer. Uh, it's so pervasive that I think most people are on there anyway. And it's good for just interacting with people beside, like not even talking about going live tweets or anything, but just commenting on what's happening with your viewers, um, stuff like that. And then 
third one. Those are my big two. I think third, I would say maybe Instagram for myself and in, in Instagram right now. Um, I've been trying to grow that recently. I just think Instagram is such a promising platform, like even more than Facebook at this point. Uh, for streamers in particular, there's so many cool pictures you can use, clips you can use, um, interacting with people, getting to see behind people's lives. Like, you know, you see your viewer screens every day, but then like, what do they actually look like in real life? Or what are they doing with their lives? Um, how can be a part of that? So that'd be my biggest three in terms of like Discord, Twitter, Instagram in that order. Yeah, those are really good. Social media is just... Yeah. It's just so massive. <laughs> it's, there's so many of them. That's the problem. You can't keep up on all of them. Right. It's so tricky. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel like... Ooh, do you feel like we're going to get to this point in content creation? Like as live streaming gets more popular and, and making videos gets more popular, that Twitch and Mixer and YouTube might kind of like lose their monopoly on it. And we might see like more, maybe we'll see like a greater influx of different types of platforms. So we have to be really choosy with the places that we decide to actually create content on. So two parts there. I think we will always see more platforms coming out. There'll always be a competitor for YouTube, Twitch, like new platforms, caffeine, for example, like people are always going to want a piece of the pie. In terms of whether I see them losing the monopoly, I think no. I personally think Twitch will always be top dog. Like as long as they continue working and improving, like they have um, small qualifier. But I think Twitch will always be the number one uh, live streaming site. I th- I think YouTube will be the number one video site, but they've been making some weird decisions lately. So not sure about that one. But gut feeling is that YouTube and Twitch aren't going anywhere for like mm, fifty years or something. I don't know. I, I, I compare it to like old things like Coca Cola or something. Empires have been around forever. And how many competitors have there been for Coke? And he's Coke's still at the top. I don't know. It's different with the digital age because it's so much easier to produce a product and get it out there faster. So it's probably not the same time scale, but I've talked about that before. I think Twitch is for the foreseeable future gonna be top dog. So Yeah. It's really interesting to theorize that because we have we have no clue. Yeah, we don't know. We have I, no I'm just clue. <laughs> it could yeah. it could die like <laughs> next month, just like Vine. We have yeah. no idea. It's true. Mercenary Bunny asked, what do you think common streamers are lacking to really stand out and impact more lives? This is so good. What do you think? Sorry, what kind of streamers? I was trying to read the chat for a second there. What do you think streamers are lacking? Common streamers, quote unquote, are lacking to really stand out and improve viewers' lives. Common streamers are really lacking. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've seen is people are really quick to, not really quick, but people kind of forget to give back a lot with streaming. Um, A lot of people just sort of expect people to come out when they stream and that's it. I I think one of the most powerful ways to grow, especially when you're small, when you've got like three people in your community, three viewers, is to put way, like a ton of time into those people as much as you can because you have the time for it at that level. Um, Really like try to give each new person that comes into the stream amazing experience like make those a thousand true fans like we talked about make those 110 true friends to start with um make them really want to come out and see you because in my experience like the best streams that you want to see every day are your friends like your your closest friends people that you consider friends so try to make each viewer who comes in your stream that you like um part of 
your close friends. This is the way I can put that. You can't just expect to stream every day um, and not put time into community building of some kind, whether that's Discord or whispering people or DMing people, um, trying to give value to people besides just putting on a show. That's how I feel about that. Yeah, I think it goes back to that relational value, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's such a huge piece of the pie that I think a, a lot of people really do kind of of not think about enough is that you're growing a community based on who you are as a person. And I, I really believe that like vulnerability is huge, right? Like yes. putting yourself into vulnerable positions where you have to open up, like you have to talk about who you are, the things that you believe in, like that telling people your beliefs and all of that information is why people come to streams. They come mm-hmm. not for the games, unless you're like an esports level player. If you're ninja, people want to see your gameplay, right? Yeah. But like whenever you're, you're not just super incredibly massively crazy good at a game, your value is in your ability to be a community builder yes. and to to make people feel like you're actually sitting there in a room with them. So yes. finding as many ways as you possibly can during your stream to have that outcome for them. Like how can I actually make people feel like I am their friend? Yeah, absolutely. A piece of that I want to mention, uh, just maybe think of it is you can't please everyone uh, on any platform, but especially on Twitch. And you have to accept that if you want to build a community of your own. Um, like if you're being vulnerable, there's probably some people who aren't going to like some side of you or something. Like maybe you have like a weird gag or something you do on your stream. That's just you and you love doing it and people don't like it. That's okay. And you'll actually grow more people by trying to focus on fewer than more. It's, it's a hard concept to explain, but it's like by trying to please everyone, basically you please no one. So try to fo- try to please a certain group of people and that will work better for you in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's niching down, right? Yes, exactly. It's like YouTube figured this out so long ago and and I think streamers are still figuring it out, but that's that's awesome to reiterate that as yeah. consistently as we can, I think. Penny asked, "When should we make a Discord?" Uh, I'd say now. Go do it now. There's no reason to wait. I mean, again, same thing I said before, like is there a magic number you're waiting for? Is it like you have to have a hundred viewers or something first or 10 viewers. There's no requirement for making a discord. You just have to sign up. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like too, that, oh my gosh, there's so much, there's so much work that goes into this. Right. And I think discord, yeah. discord's only a part of it. There's the mm-hmm. social media aspect, which you need to be good at. There's the streaming aspect and putting your personality on camera, which you need to be good at. There's growing a community and discord, which you also need to be good at and finding a way to make all of those things kind of unique, but still true to your brand, which is something yeah. that a lot of people are like, they struggle with, or they don't even know and they don't really try. And I really think like discord is, Oh my gosh, it's so huge. It's so massive. Mm-hmm. You know, that if people truly love you, regardless if it's, you know, you have one viewer, that one person is going to want an opportunity to conversate with you and to grow a relationship with you, which goes back to relational value, even whenever you're not live. Yep, exactly. That's why I love Discord the most, is because I think it's the best uh, offline interaction platform because it's real time. Uh, again, there's so many features you can do with it. And if you're worried about like, you know, trying to make a really active Discord or something, I still think the same thing applies. Like you can always start a Discord now, 
even if it's not perfect, even if it's not great, and then relaunch in the future or something or make an entirely new, new Discord. I've done that a few times. Uh, again, I wouldn't let like the fear of wanting to get the perfect product stop you from having any product at all. I keep saying that, but I, I, yes. I think that's so important. No, it's so true. And as a follow-up to that, Penny said, I don't want to get big in the head and make a Discord, you know? I can't hear you right now. You're talking. Oh, hello. <laughs> There that was are. interesting. Okay. Uh, as a follow-up to that, Penny said, I don't want to get big in the head and make a Discord, you know? How and do you, how do you, you feel go. about that? Again? Are you serious? <laughs> you Hello? Said, don't want to get big in the head, and I heard nothing after that. So she doesn't want to get big in the head and make a Discord. Oh, okay. How do you, how do you feel about that? Get big in the head. Okay, so I guess this is sort of like imposter syndrome again here. Um, I... I don't really see making a Discord as big-headed, personally. Um, I think you can make that argument of anything. Like, you know, for me, it's Instagram, for example. Like, I'm not someone who likes to take selfies a lot um, because, like, I don't know, maybe you see that as big-headed, like taking pictures of yourself. That's vain. But that's, like, a block you're going to have to get over at some point on every platform. Um, And so it doesn't really matter whether you start with, like, one viewer or 100. There's no, like, mark of approval there's no bar you have to hit before you're, okay, now you can make a Discord. Now you're eligible. I, I think you just go for it because you're, you're never really going to be small-headed, I guess, is the opposite of that. So Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, how, how are you going to be a content creator if you're not going to create the content? Exactly, yeah. yes. Oh <laughs> how are you, you going to be a, a community leader if you're not going to have the community? Mm-hmm. You, exactly. You, you got to do the thing. Uh, and I also, yeah, I agree with what a lot of people in chat are saying. I don't think like building a discord means that you're big headed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that that's a problem that you want to. Here's the thing is you have to think about like, why are you actually doing it? Yes. Well, you're, yes. you're doing it because you want to grow the relationships and give your people another space to get to know you and get to know each other. And yeah. if that's the reason, right, then you're not going to feel big headed or you shouldn't feel big headed because you're just giving them an additional place that they already want. Yeah, it's, it's that concept is so important on everything. Um, framing why you want to do something. Like if you're worried about being big headed on Discord, just communicate to people that like, hey, guys, I'm making this Discord so that I can either interact with you guys more offline or I can give you guys something cool um, to use while I'm not streaming uh, I think this applies to partnership, for example, is a great example. Um, a lot of people just want to get partnered for themselves when it'd be much better received from the community if they say something like, well, and mean it, that I want to get partnered so that I can give you guys this new opportunity. Like by being partnered, we can get this. What are the people who are helping you get there who are being a part of your community getting back? Uh, make sure it's not just to give you something. That's really important. And a lot of people miss that, I think. Absolutely. And I've seen like, there was a, I, th- I think the name of the book that I read was called Known. Mm. Uh, so it's this book about like how to become known in any industry. Like how, what do you want to be known for, right? And so I think when it comes to Twitch and when it comes to people who want to become known in general, so known on Twitch, I think means like you're partnered, you have an established community, people know who you are and they know what you stand for. And that happens because you put your people first, not because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to, I want to do this because this is just, I want the followers. Like, I want the followers. I want the love. I want the money. I want the whatever. Because it's not about you, right? It's about you creating an experience for 
people. So that yes. should be your number one priority. The mark of a good content creator, the mark of someone who is going to see success in this industry is someone who puts their people first, who prioritizes them and loves them and expresses that. Yes, I think that's true of any platform too, not just Twitch. Uh, you can't, mm-hmm. no matter how good of a content creator you are, you won't see any growth without people to watch it. So it's all about them at the end of the day. Exactly. I love that. Ash asks, what are the best things to do when you go off track with streaming? Like maybe when you're burnt out, this is such a good question. When you're burnt out or when you get consumed with stats or just when you're down with some unhealthy things you did, like comparing, what are some good Mm -hmm. ways to bounce back? So I'm a big fan of taking breaks. Uh, I know this is like a controversial thing with Twitch and really any social media at this point is like consistency is the biggest thing, right? Like consistency is king. That's how you make it. But I think it's better to be inconsistently good than consistently bad, if that makes sense. So take a break is usually the most effective method for me and most people I know. Get Step away from it all. Um, take a walk, take a breath. Try to like refocus, reframe what you're doing um, and figure out if your heart is really in it. Like why are you doing it is a big piece of it for me. Um, is it something that you can sustain long term? Like, is this where you want to be? Is this something you'll be doing again? The same thing in like five, ten years. Do you still do you see yourself doing this in the long haul? I think that's really important to consider because um, otherwise, like, you might be able to do it for a couple of years, but like, you know, it's not going to last for that long, or you're going to get sick of it or something. Those are all really piece, are really important pieces to consider. Uh, but the biggest thing would be taking a break. I think. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's like, and and it's so difficult to do because when you take a break, you're you're worried that you're losing subs and you're yes. losing potential for growth and you feel guilty that you're not serving your community like you said you would. So definitely with burnout. And I think actually, I think part of it too is that whenever you know that you're going to deal or you feel those those burnout feelings, okay, because burnout is not just, it hits one day and you're burned out. It's a a process. Gradual. Yeah. And you have to learn how to figure out what those symptoms of burnout look like and how they manifest for you as a creator. So I know whenever I go to bed, if I'm still working, whenever I should be in bed, uh, if my (laughs) mind is going like a million miles a minute, whenever I'm not streaming anymore, that's a key that I'm about to get overwhelmed. So I really need to like calm down and scale back a little bit of what I'm doing. So I think like being able to acknowledge what those things are in yourself and what those symptoms look like is so huge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Self-evaluation is a big part of that. Um, And having... Another piece is having good friends that will maybe call you out on it and like suggest it to you. Um, Ooh, yeah. Whether you listen to that is a whole other piece because there's plenty of people who have friends who will call them out and they'll just ignore their friends. But I think having a support system around you of people who know you and know when you're getting too stressed out or something or you're not acting yourself and call you on it and you'll listen to them is also a big help in that area. Yeah, that's true because sometimes we don't know what those those symptoms are in ourselves and it takes an outside person to really do that. So um, it's Emma Elise actually had kind of a follow-up question for this is how can a streamer come back from a break successfully? How do you re-engage and actually make people care about you again? Sure. Um, That's tricky. I think, you know, announcing it a lot is always a big help for that. Um, Everywhere you can in social media, like if it's a big break, you've gone for a while, definitely 
try and make it a big event for people to come out with. Um, one thing that's worked really well for me, I'm a huge fan of like direct messaging one-on-one. Cause again, I think like at the end of the day, that is the best method of building a community. So maybe instead of like putting out a tweet to everyone that, Hey, I'm coming back at this time. Like you individually message people and say like, Hey, I miss seeing you in the stream or something. Uh, bring up like a, a personal topic or something. Like I hope your, your dog is doing okay or something. Just, just something to show the person that like you actually care about them. You know them, they're a good friend to you. And you would really like to see them again in the stream. Um, something like that, just to make it authentic. And then it, again, it depends on like the length of the break you're taking. Like if it's just like a one or day or one or two day break, probably doesn't really matter. If it's like a, a couple months or something, that's different. Uh, but in general, just try and really focus on close friendships with your viewers, your community, um, bringing out your friends to come see you again. It's the best way to put that. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, so our next question is from Angry Gringa, uh, who asked, Ashley, you seem so motivating, like Green Cord, who is very passionate about can't, others. Can't hear you talking. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I don't know if this is my internet or my cable or like what is going on It right sounds now. like it's Discord, uh, maybe having too high a threshold, probably. Mm, great. That's okay. <laughs> so Gringa said... Ashley, you seem so motivating, like Green Cord, who is very passionate about others succeeding. How, as a small streamer, do you keep yourself motivated to push forward? Oh my gosh. I've been talking to myself pretty much all the time. I have no intention of quitting, mind you, but I know others do. Basically, what do you do when you feel you have hit the wall and you're moving nowhere? Mm. So first, I do want to say that I think this seems like a question for you from what Gringa is saying, because she is one of the uh, one of my own viewers. Let's um, both answer it. Yeah, I think that would be best. So I'll let you start because I've been talking a lot. So. Okay. So, <laughs> ooh, fun. So I think that here's the thing with content creation, okay, is that when you're new or if you're smaller and even if you're not new, okay, so actually there's two situations here. There's whenever you're new to the game. When you're new, you're trying to develop your voice and you're trying to stand out and figure out like what is it that's going to set you apart from everyone else? Why are people actually going to come and spend their time with you? That's their most valuable currency. Why the heck should they spend that with you? And I think in that instance, you need to get really connected to your why and you need to find that fulfillment. Like why do you want to stream? Why? If you can't answer that, and if it's an answer that's like, well, I just want to make money, or I just want the views, or I just want like the numbers aspect of it, I think that it's okay to want those things, and that it's okay to want content to pay your bills, and that's fine, but you need to have a deeper reason than just that thing. It has to actually fulfill you. If you can't fall in love with a process as a new creator, like you finding your joy and learning to fall in love with that process is so massive, because we don't hit goals every single day like we don't grow a a community by not truly enjoying the process of it so i think you really need to connect with that why and love that process and then i think if you're a streamer who you've been around for a while and you're still kind of struggling and you're kind of losing your motivation i do think that there's a a couple of things you can do taking a break for me worked really well. It completely changed my world. I took a break and I focused on YouTube and making the podcast. And both of those things helped me figure out what my value was and helped me find my voice. So I think if you're a, a 
an experienced creator and you're not really seeing any growth and you're kind of plateauing, it might be because you're not really connected with your value. You might still not be connected with that why and that mission that you have. I'm a, I'm a big believer that having a mission in content creation as a, a brand itself is huge. Like that is why people mobilize themselves behind you. And so taking time off to either do some exercises and discover that like deeper reason for yourself, um, or maybe it's just a natural stagnation because that happens sometimes too. I think we all get really afraid when we stagnate or when we hit like we hit a peak and we plateau and we're like, oh crap, now I'm never going to grow again. But it's actually totally normal. Like this is something that happens all the time is you can't just keep growing, 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 growing forever. Otherwise, we'd all have just a billion viewers and that's not that's not the way that this works. So that is another reason why I think being really connected to the fulfillment of it and being connected to the process is so important is because you are going to have to realize and have the mindset to accept that you are going to stagnate sometimes. You can do something like collab or get someone else on your channel or like shake up your content somehow or try to have an event stream and all of those things are great, but that doesn't mean that you're never gonna stagnate ever again. You have to get into the mindset of being okay with that stagnation. Um, and I, you know, like I said, finding that mission and, and finding your purpose, it's huge. Okay, your turn. You really hit the nail on the head on a lot of the stuff I was already thinking. Um, The biggest thing for me that I've, I think with motivation in particular, uh, like you said, the why is so important. Like, why are you doing what you do? And more importantly, like, is that why going to be true 10 years from now? Is this something that is going to be true until the end of time for you, essentially? Like, I, I think the best motivation comes when it's just something kind of in you, like that you love to do. Um, whatever you're doing with content, it doesn't matter if you're doing comedy, um, educational stuff like this, gaming stuff. At the end of the day, you are providing value to people. And I think that tends to be like the biggest why and the biggest motivator for a lot of people. Um, I'll talk about my own personal experience with that is like being away from the podcast for any amount of time, seeing who my content is helping, seeing people that it makes a difference for. That I think is just incredibly motivating. Just having people who are relying on you, who count on you and um, you are helping every single day through your content, whether you're making them laugh, um, you're helping them learn, you're helping them take their mind off something. I think that is probably the most powerful motivator, at least for me and I think for a lot of people. So honing in on something like that or a similar motivator that is gonna drive you for years and years. I, I think that is the single way to stay the most motivated that you can. Uh, and like Ashley said, like the different phases of that, when you're starting out, it's probably not as important to know that right away. It's probably just better to start an experiment and get a feel for streaming and everything and figure out where you end up. And then, you know, once you're on down the road, you're more of a veteran, you're into the process more. Uh, you might see stagnation, like Ashley said, uh, but if that motivation for you is still true, if you're still on that course of this is my goal, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, this hasn't changed, I still love it. Um, that should keep driving you forward and you might have to take a break or something in between uh, to refocus and get some more perspective. But I just think having your why is the most important thing for motivation consistency. Yeah, I completely agree. There need to be more more like exercises, more. And actually, you know what? I don't know if it's actually possible to just do exercises and you find the thing because it's a combination, right? It's a combination of, yes. of you doing that deep dive and that self-discovery, which 
once you find out who you truly are at your center, it makes you a, a much more charismatic yes. person, I think. That, yeah, that's the thing is it's so individual. Like mm-hmm. I can sit here and tell you like what my motivation is, but it's different than everyone else. I mean, there's something, there's some version of yourself that you want to be or something that you want to have as your mission and your purpose in life. If you can find a way to align that with your stream or your YouTube or whatever content you're making, that is how the passion and the the motivation is there throughout the years. Yeah, and I think you really hit it too, which is a lot of it comes back to just how do you help people? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you help others? Who was it? There's like a, was it Tony Robbins or someone said that the you can have your dreams, right? You can have anything that you want in life by helping other people get what they want in life. Yes. I think, I think you have to almost. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think you can get there without other people. Cause I mean, you know, Twitch being a prime example, you can't, if like your passion, for example, is to get to a certain point on Twitch, you can't get that with other people. And probably like, if you want to have meaning in your life, it probably depends on other people somehow or something like those are all different kinds of ranges on the spectrum, but usually it almost always involves other people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Emma, we're going to get to your question in just a second. Iron Beetle TV asked, what's a good balance of consistency and new content? Cut out a little bit there. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry. I didn't hear the half of that. Oh, no, it's not your fault. I mean, it's my Discord <laughs> or my internet's fault or something. Uh, Iron Beetle TV asked, what is a good balance of consistency and new content? Hmm. Interesting. So consistency and new content. Um, I'm a little confused about this question because I feel like consistency can be new content, if that makes sense. Like if you're consistently putting out new content, um, I, I guess that you're talking about like doing the same thing you've always done versus coming up with new ideas is what I'm, I think you're going for. I think there's not a magic number for the right balance. Uh, if you find something that works, keep doing it until it doesn't work is like my gut reaction to that. Um, because I think a lot of people don't do that. Like they'll try a lot of different things and then they won't go back to the thing that worked. Like it's important to experiment and it's important to be consistent, but if you're going to be experimenting, make sure you look at analytically what worked and then make that consistent. I think that process is something people kind of miss sometimes. So hopefully that makes sense to you. Um, Just basically experiment, look back, see what worked, do that thing a lot more, made that consistent and then repeat the cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just like, I honestly, I think the answer to this question is just yes. (laughs) (laughs) What is a good balance of consistency and new content? Yes, because yes, you need to be consistent. And yes, you need to always be looking at ways that you can improve your stream. Uh, Mm -hmm. there's, there should never be a time where you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing in my stream. And now I don't have to work on it anymore. It's like, it's the same as, as YouTube videos or, um, social media or content anywhere else. There's, there's not just, this is it and I'm done. Okay. You always want to try to get better. You always want to like add more scenes or implement your inside jokes into your content somehow, or add, you know, higher production value, or maybe start a podcast or do something different. There's, and, and staying consistent with the fact that you're going to be innovative like that, I think is really what you're getting at Ben. And I think such a huge part of being a content creator for the long term. Yeah, absolutely. And then just as like a disclaimer for that is to not be overwhelmed or feel like obligated to do something because you have to. Um, I think there's also still merit in just finding something that works and is proven to be 
growing you or getting you in the direction you want to go and just sticking to your guns and doing that. Um, you don't have to innovate if you don't need to, I think. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, I think that if what you're doing is working, then it's okay. You, you keep doing that thing. You innovate at the point, like you said, where you're starting to, to struggle a little bit or maybe you're starting to plateau. But yeah. it's the, the reality of content creation is that you have to be an innovator. Like for the most part, I don't think sure. that there have been many people that they just do one thing and then that thing works forever because the culture is always changing. The zeitgeist is always changing and it's just all over the place. Yeah, that's uh, definitely true. Yeah. Emma Elise asked, I've been seeing slash hearing about streamers having managers for their channel. Is this common? If so, how do you determine when it's time to get one and how do you even find one? Um, so stream managers, I think was the question. <laughs> it was a little choppy, but I think I got it. Yes. Um, this is a really good question because I actually don't work with a lot of streamers who have managers, but I see the value in them. Uh, it's really tough because I think most managers are probably paid, ideally. Uh, they don't really do it for free. So I would say, like, when you can sustain it and if you find the right person. Because my gut feeling is there are a lot of managers out there who won't really do anything for your stream. But if you find the right person um, and you're at a place where you can afford to have a manager, I think it's a great idea because they can cover so much stuff for you that you can't do while you're streaming. So... Yeah. I like your water bottle, by the way. I know. I just, <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like interrupt, no, but good. rise yeah. and grind in chat and like rise and grind water bottle. Um, what, what just happened, universe? You are creeping me out. <laughs> but That's great. But yeah, I, can, I, I agree with that. I think like, uh, when do you need a manager for your channel? Well, you grow to a certain point where you can't handle all the things that need to get done. Right. Yeah. And then that manager, whether that is there, there are a couple of organizations that do it. There's like OPG. Um, and then there is, uh, what's the other one? I can't, it's Havoc does it. I can't remember the name of it. It's like for smaller creators. OPG is for like the co-carnages and the, the yeah. massive people. So like, yes, that is a thing that happens a lot. And I think it's becoming like more and more common for smaller streamers. Um, I think like stream management is okay. As long as that, that talent manager is actually like getting you opportunities because that is yes. someone that nine times out of 10, like you're paying to do the, the, the work for you. Um, so it really has to be a good, you have to know that you're going to be invested, right? You have to know that you're financially invested in them and you're also, confident in in your own ability to follow through and enact on the opportunities that that person gets for you yeah Although, I, I think sorry not to interrupt you no, you're I, good. Like, I, ideally i think you should get to a point where the manager pays for themselves if that makes sense um is the best way to put it or like i think you can have a manager ideally like at any level like you don't really have to be overwhelmed to have one. Like that's when you really need one. But if you are at the point where you can afford to have a manager and um, yeah. you're not overwhelmed, that can still be helpful because they can open up new doors like you hadn't thought of um, and just do things that you haven't had the time for or again, hadn't thought of. But in general, like, like you said, the, the most important thing is that that person is good at what they do. Because I think it's such a new, I guess, job, career. <laughs> that there's probably very few people who are really good at it. So trying to find those people is going to be the hard part of that process. Right. And that's usually done through the grapevine, honestly, just like, yeah, it's just 
meeting people and asking them if they know anyone. I would just ask Team Kitty, Emma, if you're interested in that. I know there are some women in there that have managers. Um, and I think KMA really nailed it too, which is like, it's just delegation. Mm. So when is when is delegation right in content creation, right? I think there's a lot of opportunity for streamers to delegate um, the things that they do to kind of mobilize their community and the people that have like skills in their community to go after like the mission that they all believe in together. So yeah, I absolutely agree. doesn't necessarily have to be like, this is my manager. This is my talent, you know? Yeah. Selena asked, uh, what if you have a good stream, but can't seem to get more exposure for new people when others leave and get busy from your following? Uh, after networking with so many people and using all social media platforms for so long, is there anything else you can do? So basically, mm-hmm. like, what if you have a good stream, but you can't mm-hmm. seem to get new people and other people are leaving you? Uh, hmm. That is a tricky one. Um, yeah. So two parts. One, I think, like, there's no, you're never at the cap on everything you can possibly be doing. Um, not to say that you should be like going maximum on everything you can do, but you can always put out more content, more, whether it's streams, YouTube, Twitter, et cetera. Like no one on earth is putting out all the content they can put out theoretically. So that's one half of it. The other half of it is like, if you're not seeing any growth on a certain platform, maybe it's time to rethink what you're doing on there. If you've been doing it for a while and it's not working, that's a very important process of any content creator. That's just reevaluation and seeing okay, this isn't working. How can I change it up? What should I try now? And experimenting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, oh man, this is such a, this is a, this is kind of a loaded question for me because for me, the first part is like, what if you have a good stream, but you can't seem to get more people in there? I think Mm -hmm. in, in my opinion, that's, and I don't want this to come off like kind of rude or anything, but I think if, you have people that are leaving, then maybe the reality is that the stream isn't that good, you yeah. know? And that I think that should be a good thing for someone to make that acknowledgement is that maybe it's not good and you realize that and now you're like, oh, now is my opportunity to make it better, right? So it's, it's back to that abundance mindset. It doesn't mean that like if something isn't good that it can't be good in the future. It's just what, it, how, how do you change? How do you, how do you switch up? what you're doing to make it more interesting for people. Because if you keep doing the thing that doesn't work, like it's it's not, you got to change it up. There's a couple parts of that too. Like one, figure out again, why you're doing it. Like if you're doing it for yourself and you love what you're doing, then keep doing it because I mean, it's all about you. But if you want to grow on Twitch, if you want to get more viewers, then you have to kind of do what the viewers want to see to some extent. So um, going through that process is just tricky. And, oh my uh, gosh, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's that's so true and that's such a huge reality of this is like you do things because the people that you love, your community, you know that they would enjoy it. Like, yes, mm-hmm. you still get fulfillment from it as well. You still enjoy it as well, but just like I said earlier, a good community leader, like someone who becomes known for something and has like a bunch of fans and followers, they put their people first whenever it comes to content creation, at least maybe not in every single situation, but they put their people first. And so I think a big part of this is figuring out like what, uh, 
figuring out just like what it is, what is it that sets you apart? How can you make your people your first priority? Yeah, really. absolutely. You have to make that choice um, at some point. And it doesn't have to be like you're being a fake. You're not being you. Uh, there's a way to do it to the point where you are still doing what you want to do uh, just in such a way that people enjoy it and that you're also kind of doing it for other people more than just for yourself. Again, right. unless, again, you just have to look at why you're doing it. Like if you just want to do something for yourself, then do whatever the heck you want. It doesn't matter what people think. But if you want to get people's attention, then you have to care to the people. Yeah. And Selena said a lot of them are getting jobs and all this. And I'm like, great. We got people getting off Twitch and moving on with life. And I think your perspective there should be like, that's awesome. Good for them. Like they're, they're pursuing the thing that makes them happy. And I think that like, we should focus more on how we can help other people be happy in their lives, regardless of if we're a part of it or not. You know, it's okay. You're you're not going to keep the same people or the people that are in YamFam and in TrueFam right now may not be here in a year. Yes. Like we, they probably won't. In fact, a lot of creators, when you sit down and actually talk to them, like within a year, their entire community is, is different. There are very <laughs> few people who hang around for years and years and years. It does happen, but not to the scale of how many people switch out. This is a normal process, okay, is that you're going to get people in and you're going to have people filter out. And so getting comfortable with that is huge. And I think finding because here's the thing, Selena, is to me, it seems like your community is really based on uh, kind of like friendships and not necessarily on it being an actual like community space, you know, um, which is it's it's weird to make this distinction like, oh, I have I have like 15 people who are here all the time and they're not actually my community. I mean, they are, but it's you have to find a way to like get more people into your space, I guess. Is what what yeah. how can you enter? Iterate, reiterate, and innovate, and get more people there. Um, yeah, that's always a part of the process for content creation. Yeah, yeah, totally. Emma Elise said, "Do you have tips for variety streamers? It's hard to maintain the viewership consistently since not everyone likes all the things. How do you make being a variety streamer work?" Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you get this question a lot too with your stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the constant struggle: single versus variety gaming. Basically you have to find if your game isn't consistent on your stream, then what is, uh, find something else that be consistent across games. Uh, and that could be your personality. That could be things that you do for your community across every game. Uh, but basically no matter what content creator you are, you'll be, you're going to be known for something. So figuring out what you want to be known for and making that consistent is the important part. So I have to look at like some big streamers, usually like, Tim the Tatman, for example, has kind of historically been variety. He jumps around with a lot of games, but everyone comes out to watch him because he has a very distinct personality that's the same across every game he plays. Uh, so even though like it's somewhat influenced by the games he played, that consistency is important, and it's why people keep watching him through all these games over the years. Uh, so I think usually it's personality, but it can be some other things like community involvement. Maybe you always uh, do like charity events or something. Something that your community can rally behind and that you are consistent about throughout every stream. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a lot of the the consistency conversation that happens is like consistency of your game or consistency of your schedule. And those things are important. Yeah, but I think a big part of it, too, is consistency of atmosphere and mm -hmm. of, of energy. And like you said, having inconsistent good streams 
way better than having consistent bad streams. Yes. Yep. So the atmosphere that you create for your viewers, like if they come in and you're you're making them roll around, they are just rolling on the floor laughing, like they're having the best time, and they come back the next day and you're you're chill and you're like, eh, it's whatever. This is I don't really feel this today. Then that is a that is a disconnect with your brand, right? Like they had a really great time one day and then they didn't have a great time the next day. So they're probably not going to be able to rely on your community for the thing that they really enjoyed about it. And I think that's what Tim and all of the guys that are really, really good at streaming yes. and get a ton of viewers do very well is the consistency of their atmosphere. Their energy is always the freaking same. It's crazy. Yes. And that's really, I mean... That is not by accident. These guys know what they're doing. They've created and maintained this d- deliberate atmosphere on their channels, whether it's, you know, Tim, Cone, uh, Broman, any other variety of cast you can think of that's, like, made it to that bigger section of Twitch. They have a very distinct personality and culture that they always have on their channel. So Yeah, absolutely. They do it on purpose. They do yes, this on purpose. Absolutely. I These love that you call not, that out. Like It's not accidental. Yeah, they're serious freaking business. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Ben, this has been absolutely freaking amazing. Where can everyone find yeah. you? Uh, so since this is a podcast, I definitely want to drop the Stream Key podcast because for anyone listening, you can probably find it on the same platform you're already listening on. Uh, and for you watching, you can find it, again, on every platform just by searching Twitch or for Stream Key or for Stream Coach, you'll probably still show up. So, um, And then, of course, True Gaming. Uh, I would just go to our Discord is the hub for everything true gaming is discord.gg slash true gaming. So uh, whether you're a streamer or a gamer, uh, that is a platform where you can meet people and other streamers. If you put the time in, you can form some really good connections. So I hope you enjoyed that. You can check out Green Cord and True Gaming everywhere on social media. Those links are also down below in the show notes. As you could tell, they're super helpful and really, really amazing. I was actually on the Stream Key podcast. That's episode number 51. So make sure that you head over there and listen to that one. That one's all about my return to Twitch and how to come back to Twitch after taking a long hiatus or a break, which I know a lot of you struggle with that as well. So a lot of good, epi- or good episodes. A lot of good information in that one too and as a reminder these episodes are streamed live so don't forget to come and hang out with us when we actually are live and filming these we go live at twitch.tv slash ashneychrist wednesday to friday at 12 p.m central time i'd love to see you all there if you want to come and hang out but in general, really, thank you so much for for being here with us today. I really, really appreciate you all spending time listening to this podcast, and I hope that it's been super helpful for you. There's a YouTube and there's the streams as well if you need some additional help with streaming. I got you, okay? I know how difficult it is. I know that it's hard. I got you. I'll keep doing everything that I can to help you all just as much as I can. I love you so much. I'll see you next week. Bye! Thanks for listening to the Stream Coach Podcast. See you next week.